Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Now, this might be a very interesting next 20-minute segment. That's all I'm going to tell you. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Uh, coming up in this hour uh, from the Cult of Hockey, David Staples, and the editor-in-chief of The Athletic Canada out of Toronto to talk a bit about the Maple Leafs, James Myrtle. As we continue our ongoing look at Canada so far, we did Gord Wilson Monday. Eric Engels, very positive response to both those guests. Uh, he joined us yesterday from Montreal. So James is uh, stepping up from uh, Dot later this afternoon. Uh, we will uh, head over to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. River Cree Resort Casino, when the province gets back up and at them, they'll be back up and at them. We're going to talk to a man who, on top of having the Cult of Hockey website, very popular Oiler uh, blog, also uh, is the Edmonton Journal's main man on all things COVID-related. David Staples, before we get to the hockey, what a last two weeks this has been. Never an endless amount of things to write about, and a lot of people not very happy on a multitude of fronts. Are you there, David? I'm here, Bob. How are you doing? Good. Happy New Year. Your thoughts on, uh, uh, j- just to set the re- record straight, did you stay in the province of Alberta over the course of the last week to 10 days? <laughs> yes. Uh, let me think. From the start of the pandemic, I have not left the province once. I have not. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there you go. You know, I, but I'd be, I don't judge people who do, Bob, like it's legal, it's legal. Yes. I mean, we have this program to fly to Hawaii. Let's face it, thousands and thousands of Albertans have been flying to Alberta for weeks, uh, months now, and perfectly legal. The government was, I don't know if they were promoting it, but um, there was those stories in late November. I didn't hear people crying out in late November when the stories came about these flights to Hawaii. Uh, you know, this is a horrible idea and we shouldn't do it. So, yeah, I'm not going to, if you went to Hawaii, I'm 
cool with that. And if you still want to go, you know, what about the I'm, I'm also uh, what, okay with it. What about the roles and the responsibility of being in a government that is basically locked things down and affecting people's standards of living, and and perhaps challenge those people uh, to the point where maybe they couldn't go to Hawaii. Meanwhile, they're sitting there as uh, uh, you know. Uh, I, public sector employees and they're able to take off and go what, what what about from that perspective david totally get the people who i totally get the people who are outraged with the politicians who went the politicians are the same people who are imposing the lockdown right they're locking yeah. things down and and they sh- i'm baffled that a politician who's doing that would travel overseas you'd, you'd have to know that's not going to go over very well with a lot of people who hate the lockdown so i get that i don't feel it myself because like I'm just trying to, like, it's not, I I support the lockdown to some extent. I'm kind of ambivalent about some measures of it, but I I understand the necessity of it. But I understand people who are dead set against that lockdown being really mad about politicians um, who uh, made a lockdown and then flew off to Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, just uh, in terms of, we've not provided, I certainly wasn't going to get into anything COVID related on yesterday's show with the passing of John Muckler. We had Wayne Gretzky to open the show. Just some quick numbers here for you. On December the 15th, there were close to 10,000 active cases in the city of Edmonton. We are down to 5794, so that's a precipitous drop. Uh, we still need to continue getting down lower. We had 90 people in ICU on December the 15th, uh, currently at six. 68. Unfortunately, David, we've had over uh, 240 deaths uh, since December the 15th. And it's kind of, it's almost staggering when you think about it. I mean, at the end of June, Edmonton was at 15 deaths. That's it. We, we were, rel- you know, we'd done pretty well. And uh, I know you put a tweet out today with one of your, I know, I don't know which account it was from, but it's, uh, it's a concern. And I just want to say this for all the listeners out there right now, for anybody that's been affected either directly or indirectly by COVID, uh, but specifically to those individuals that have lost loved ones in their lives, uh, you know, our, our hearts all go out to you. It's, a, it's an important uh, realization. It's a real thing we're dealing with, and uh, and that's that. So. We've had almost twice as many people in Edmonton die than in Calgary, Bob, which is, like, baffling. I don't, I can't, I'm trying to figure out why that is. Like, um, it's, it, that's really interesting. Yeah. And I, I don't have the answer to that. Yeah. And again, uh, you'll have continuing ongoing coverage for Post Media, David Staples. Uh, but let's get into the cult of hockey stuff. Uh, that's, speaking of John Muckler, did you not write a, like, a, a, a long piece on him a number of years ago? In, I have it in front of me, uh, January 19, 1986. I was a second-year feature writer, second-year reporter and feature writer at the Edmonton Journal, and I did a long profile of uh, Muckler at that time. And, uh, you know, he was a very uh, a very serious uh, hockey lifer. I mean, he just, his whole life was hockey. And uh, I, for the story, I interviewed his wife, uh, Audrey, uh, who was uh, living with, putting up with this hockey life for her whole life. Uh, they had a, you know, great marriage uh, the entire time. But uh, she shared with me a very, very funny story. Um, so when Muckler first joined the Oilers in, in 1982, Muckler had kind of uh, modeled his whole hockey style after Emile the Cat Francis in New York, who he had worked for. And so 
super intensity, super serious, and just hard driving. That was the Emil Francis way, and that was John Muckler's way. And he comes to Edmonton, and he couldn't believe he his mind was blown at Glenn Sather's style because Sather was almost the exact opposite. He's such a super competent, uh, confident, but also really laid back and uh, you know laid back guy, and he he allowed all kinds of stuff that the Francis would never have allowed uh, at practice and in terms of the team and. And Muckler, he got, <laughs> this is from Audrey uh, Muckler. She says uh, John would get on the phone with him, and at that time uh, he'd be telling Audrey, "Say there's making a mockery of this thing." He was just lucky. That was that was Muckler's take at first on say there's methods. But over time, Muckler came to see that uh, kind of the confident there was method to say there's madness, and this kind of super confident approach um, helped the players um, maintain their own confidence and build their confidence and become the players that they were and you know kind of express a style of individual hockey that we the world had never seen before you know david it's it's i know we had wayne on yesterday and i briefly just hit on the fact that you know watching practice with guy gadowski now the head coach at penn state we're on the same we played for Stu mcgregor at that time and we we went to the practice i could not believe how like the, the practice was fast, it was crisp, and Mark Messier and Kevin Lowe, we watched them on a compete drill in the corner, and Guy looked at me, and Guy was like five foot five at the time, right? Like we were playing Midget of Light, and he goes, we got to practice harder. Look at those guys. And like they were just, they were just pounding the living snot out of each other, right? And met, like Messier cross-checked low from behind into the boards and pinned him up against the boards. And low turned around and slashed back and stuck a stick between Mark's legs and angle. And they kept. And this went on for like thirty-five seconds. We're like, holy cow! Like it was just. But the tempo and the pace and practice, right? And you know what those guys will tell you? They played against better guys in practice than they did in the ice in games. Yeah, and this is probably why Sather brought in Muckler. Like, Sather has a certain style, and he probably thought, well, it would be good to have a guy who really knows how to run uh, a high tempo and creative practice. And that's, that was one of John Muckler's specialties is, 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 is that kind of person both. But he was also a, a brilliant – I think he was just a very strong tactician and strategist for hockey. And I, I think his greatest moment came in 1990 when he was fully in control of the team. Uh, on the ice, and he put together that. He stuck with Bill Ranford in net after some shaky starts early against Winnipeg, as I recall. And and I don't have the memory for this uh, that you do, Bob, I can assure you. But he also went to the kid line. He put together the kid line during that series. And that was was the turning point for the Oilers. If no kid line, no Stanley Cup. And he put together that line, and he ran with it. And... uh, it was just such a fantastic line. I don't know, like in terms of a forechecking line, I wonder what what their course he would have been because they kept the puck in the opposing team's end, shift after shift after shift. So. Yeah, no, no question about that. Uh, they were pretty, uh, pretty impressive. What did you think of the performance of uh, uh, the, the two other prospects, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey, at the World Juniors? Uh, I thought Holloway. 
say, you know, you mentioned yesterday that he was uh, had an injury. I thought he got, I think he was getting over the injury. It looked to me as the tournament went on because he kept playing better and better and better uh, to the point where in the last game I was thinking, man, they could use about five Dylan Hallways because he was one of the few guys, like I didn't think Team Canada played poorly. It was a very even game and it generally came down to bounces. But Holloway was one of these guys who was busting, like his speed and his size really had an impact on the game. He was hitting people, winning some physical battles, and Team Canada needed more of that in that game to force open the the middle of the ice. I mean, if you can't get it in there with your skill, you've got to use brute force, and Holloway was doing that, and he was rewarded. I mean, in the last couple games, he had some great scoring chances, including one in the last two or three minutes of of the game last night where he almost scored might have been team canada's one of their best chances at least and so i just think bob i didn't see a player who was drafted after hallway in the in the draft uh who i thought oh i wish the others had taken him i mean i like caden Gooley a lot from uh from those games but still he had a uh, bit of a he had he had a couple tough moments in last night's yeah he, he did he did, but I, I like his I overall him. package he's, of he's player. Gonna be, he's, he's a top four NHL defense all day. Yeah, so I, I, if they had taken Gooley, I wouldn't be complaining either. But I didn't see anyone else. I'm, I'm happy with the Holloway pick. I think he's a very he's going to be a, a very a valuable gu- player. Yeah, sorry, David, I interrupted you there. Go, no, go ahead. For the listeners, like you know, I like Holloway. He's I'm with you. He's going to play. The one guy that impressed me that, and I know Edmonton had him like in the top 16, 17 overall was Paterka. Oh yeah. I didn't like honestly. I didn't watch every game, so I wasn't like on top of the German performance as well. You, so, you, what did you see in him? Well, he's got skill. He can make yeah. plays. He and I know for if you take a look at my timeline on Twitter, I mentioned to uh, Paterka almost every t- like. You know, the other thing is you got a guy like Leon Dreisaitl and German guy, and he's he's taken on greater ownership with this. And we're going to get to Cahoon in a second, but you know there there was Reichel and Paterka the two. There's no way they were getting Stutzla, but I thought Paterka was really good in the tournament as well. Yeah. Yeah. So as as for uh, Broberg, I I think that Bob he was I've been watching him play Broberg play all year in Sweden and he he has been fantastic in many games. He's been inconsistent. There's been games when he's kind of sat back and been a bit timid, but about half the games uh, he's just been fantastic. And the player that I saw in this tournament was not that Philip Broberg. He was he was a different player moving at half speed. And anyone judging him right now or, or engaging in the who's better, Trevor Zegers or Philip Broberg debate right now, is on the wrong track. Um, it's too early. First of all, it's too early to tell. And if, if you were to ask me, well, would you reverse those picks? If you could, uh, I wouldn't right now. Uh, Zegers is obviously a fantastic player. He has a chance to be a number one center in the NHL or a number one forward. Broberg has a chance to be a number one defenseman and, and a, every bit as good a chance as Zegers to rise to that level of play. And um, so, uh, I, I just think people be very cautious if you're judging Philip Broberg based on the World Junior Championships because that is not the player. Charlie Horse before the tournament started, just so everybody yeah. knows. So that's why he had the accelerator off right there. I mean, they dominated game. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. 
Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. He had three assists. They cut his minutes in the third period. Then he didn't play game two. And obviously he was dealing with it the whole time. Uh, this text comes in on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, who was the Oilers kid line? Well, that was uh, Adam Graves, Joe Murphy, and Martin Jelena. They were put together for game five against Winnipeg in the 1990 playoff series. You can text us at 780 uh, The Fizz has texted us showing he loves to keep us honest, David. We'll let you know, Staples isn't mad at the UCP. What an absolute shock. That one That one comes to us from Fizzler. He's one of Edmonton's finest, in my opinion, but that's neither here uh, nor there. Um, Brian S. says, Bob, when teams give up two picks to move up, sometimes I don't like it, but Paterka was my favorite in the tournament. That one comes to us from Brian S. who adds, maybe I'm biased, but I thought Holloway might have been our best player yesterday. So I just want to circle back to Holloway. Where do you see him as, David? Like, where do you think he'll end up playing in the lineup? I haven't seen him at center a lot, except for the first two games of the year this, at, uh, that I watched on um, the internet that he's playing in, in college hockey this year. And he looked great at center. So um, how we do, I don't really know, though I haven't seen enough. Could he be a center? Obviously, he's fast and big enough. He seems defensively responsible. What are, you know, face-offs um, at the college level, he's fine, but how will he be in the NHL? That's another question. So he could be the third-line center on this team. And, you know, I think it's, I can't remember, it might be Rich Winter's philosophy of hockey that, that, you know, you need these seven key forwards, and that's the top six plus your third-line center. All crucial players. So Holloway could fill that really important role in the Oilers. Or uh, I think there's a chance um, he could be on the top first or second line as a winger, kind of that guy who's charging in there, winning the puck, back-checking hard, that kind of winger going up and down the wing with McDavid or uh, Dreisaitl. From the call to hockey, David Staples. David, the Oilers' top three lines to date without Dominic Cahoon have been the following. you got Nugent Hopkins with McDavid and Cassian. You have Ennis with Dreisaitl and Yamamoto. You have Archibald with Turris and Poliarvi. Your thoughts? The third line, I really like that third line combination, actually. I like the idea of Archibald, the total grinder who doesn't need the puck, uh, playing with Pugliarvi, who really needs the puck and should have the puck on his stick uh, with a kind of a veteran, uh, savvy veteran in between in terms of tourists. So that, that, that line makes a lot of sense to me. You know, during the playoffs, obviously, as people will know who listen to this show, that I was a big critic of Tippett breaking up uh, the dynamite line, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, and Yamamoto. Uh, just because I, I think if you're going to beat a team, you should beat the best thing that team has to offer. And if you can't stop that great line, uh, and, until they stop that great line, you stick with it. So that would have been my philosophy on that. I'm a little bit more... Um, I'm okay with the experimentation going on here right now. It's it's early on. McDavid needs to find some line mates who he can play with. He's had some success in the past with Nugent Hopkins. And the acquisition of Dominic Cahoon kind of changes everything. Um, 
we, he when they split up the line in the playoffs, they really took away the productivity of Drysdale and Yamamoto to some extent, and they just were not the same players without Nugent Hopkins. But Cahoon, if he were to end up with Drysdale and Yamamoto, that might really work. Cahoon, I watched about five games from him uh, that he played last year uh, when the Oilers acquired him, and, and based on that kind of small viewing of him, he just really reminded me first impression of Jordan Eberle. He's a highly skilled player, excellent with the puck. Really good passer of the puck, stick handler of the puck, and a decent shot, not a great shot. But he could fit in very, very well on either line, either with McDavid or with Dreisaitl. So I, don't, I think the Oilers' problems, Bob, in terms of finding uh, wingers for the top, left wingers for the t- uh, top two lines is, is over. David, we're going to be altering our plan here for the rest of the show, so we'd like to uh, thank you for joining us here on Oilers Now, okay? Gotcha, Bob. Talk to you later. You bet. At 1.30 today, Rob Breckenridge is going to take over uh, out of QR77 in Calgary as uh, protesters have breached the Capitol. And uh, so we're going to take care of a little bit of business right now. I'm going to tell you that Royal Pizza, Pizza Past and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. And a reminder, there's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less than Wetaskiwin. Outstanding customer service is a key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford, nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. Year-end event is currently taking place. It's been extended a month down at Brent Ridge. Great people, great service, fully open and transparent, so let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge lend a hand by calling 1-877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. Thursday's show coming up tomorrow will be Louis DeBrusque, Brian Burke for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar, as well as George LaRocque will work on getting James Myrtle on the show on Friday. Uh, to this day in Oilers history, Brendan, you're going to actually have the last word here before I wrap her up here. Uh, but what do you got for this day in Oilers history besides Connor McDavid scoring the stupidest goal ever last year against the Maple Leafs? <laughs> Back in 2002, Jochen Hecht scores twice and adds two assists as the Oilers defeat the Canadian 7-6 at Skyreach Centre, collecting win number 23 on the year. Rem Murray with three helpers, Ryan and Jason Smith, both had a goal and an assist. How much longer do we have here? About a minute, do you think, Brendan? Yeah, thereabouts. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, absolutely. I'd like to thank everybody that participated in texting uh, today on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Speaking of Ashley Fine Floors, providing winning results for over 35 years, and they're going to be continuing with us here on Oilers Now for the next uh, year as well. Again, tomorrow, uh, well... Uh, it's truculent Thursday, but right now it is uh, wild Wednesday down uh, at the Capitol in, in the United States. So we are going to send it off to Rob Breckenridge, uh, QR77. They're going to pick it up one thirty Edmonton time. So long today from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.